Welcome to the desert of the real. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window, or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Much as you try to bury it, the truth is out there. Good morning and welcome. July the 17th. It's Tom Richardson with the Removing Confusion podcast. To realize that liars do not fear the truth if there are enough liars. That the devil is just one man with a plan, but evil. True evil is a collaboration of men. That's correct. One thing we do here. We rely on God. We rely on God's word. We rely on vetting the facts so that we don't bring lies. There's an awful lot, an awful lot of fake everything out there. President Trump for four years talked about fake news and proved that it is true over and over again. Even to those who continually gave him a hard time about it now he wasn't far from a perfect guy we all have our flaws and i'm not here to exalt him i'm just using an example for the last many months here at removing confusion and a few other places that i've been allowed to talk We've uh, talked about the Great Reset. A lot of people poo-poo the idea and say, oh, there's no such thing. It won't happen. It won't happen here. That's what they always say. It won't happen here. There's a guy that's in charge of the World Economic Forum. I played his clips. He's hard to understand sometimes because of his deep... I believe he's from Switzerland, so I say almost German accent because, you know, it's easy to blame the Germans for everything. But he is not German. He is actually Swiss, I believe. But anyway, that doesn't make any difference. Uh, Klaus Schwab, we've talked about him a lot. He's a guy who says, you will own nothing and be happy. What does that mean? Have you ever really thought about that? That these people are looking at you as a commodity. They're looking at you as something they own. They're looking at you as what they call chattel. Not cattle, but 
chattel, something that they can manipulate and take out whenever they want to, uh, uses their own version of slave labor. And it makes no difference what the color of your skin is in this. We're all in it together. And we had that, that is one of the proponents of Marxism is to divide people into classes, you know, uh, and it works so well all over the world. It's worked for the communists, the Marxists, whatever you want to call them. I just call them flat out communists. Divide the classes, squash out the middle class completely. We have to do away with it. That was what Obamacare was all about. It wasn't about medicine and everybody who maybe forgot about it. They were actively trying to crush the middle class into uh, out of existence. I'm sorry. Take us out. They don't have to kill you. They just defund you. There you go. There's the word of the day. Defund the police. Defund this. Defund that. You take away the cops as well, and there's chaos. The Freemasons have a thing that they go by, a motto that says, uh, Ordo ab chao. Order out of chaos. To get there, you need chaos. Have you seen recent film from South Africa, Cuba? They make they make it. They're making those George Floyd, the fentanyl addict, felon. The riots that ensued there were bad, but these ones in South Africa are terrible. People are going to die, and people have. Millions upon millions of dollars have been you know, crushed out because of these, you know, they're having these riots, burning malls and whatever they can pilfer, they'll pilfer. There's people stealing refrigerators, for crying out loud. Sofas, chairs, take it, it's yours. It's a great reset. No, that's not really what that is, but that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. You know, we're looking at a world in chaos, a world that is destined for chaos because those who supposedly control it are doing so. Now, we talked the other day, I, I believe here, I, I, I did a, a show, I titled it Angel of Light. Now, that can refer, as Paul wrote that, to the Corinthians, it refers, you know, to a direct analogy of preachers who preach nothing. Preachers who do not preach the gospel unless it's the gospel of themselves. Look at me. I'm the only guy that can do this and that and the other thing. You need to empower people from the pulpit. You need to challenge people from the pulpit. Here from this microphone, that is what I like to do. I empower you to explore, educate, understand. And I, I'm not talking about me. I'm just saying that's, that's what our, the main focus here is Jesus Christ. Everything else is below him. 
all these things that these people are doing, all these things that are happening in our world. You know, Jesus knows the pains you feel. Jesus knows the trials that we face. We look at that and say, well, that's nice lyrics to a song or some little bumper sticker Christianity thing, which I don't agree with. I do. I, I, I like bumper stickers. Don't get me wrong. But when you base your Christianity and your faith on bumper stickers, T-shirts, and little cliches that you've used all along, like, oh, God is light. God is light. God is also judgment. This great reset, we won't go deep into the man's great reset, but here's what they're doing. Here's, a, here's their thing. It's a, it's a little deal called utopia, which is what the communists offered. You know, commune together, everybody's stuff is one. Nobody has, you know, and that, you know, in the Bible, it talks in Acts chapter 4, I believe, about they had everything in common. Now, a bad preacher would say, they had everything in common, they had Jesus. No, they actually took all their goods and gave them to each, to the apostles, Peter and such, and they used that to feed themselves, to take care of themselves. That church became communal. Now, that's not easy to do today, trust me, but it may happen. When they take everything we own we only can depend, hopefully, on other believers. And it may not be the people in your church. It may be people in the Methodist church if you're a Baptist or a Baptist church if you're Methodist or a friend's church or whatever. But believers who are willing to bind together and keep each other safe and keep each other fed. Have you stocked up a little food? Keep saying that. We were in a store yesterday, a store that, you know, has a, a little freezer kind of thing, open, not a freezer, but a, a cooling area, one of those little round deals, oval-shaped, and they'd have cheese and salami meat and pepperoni and all that kind of stuff, and that thing was filled before hummus, hummus, whatever. <laughs> I don't eat that stuff. Crushed up chickpeas is not my thing, but they had... This thing filled the last time I was in and paid any attention. The thing was completely filled all the way around with all these different cheeses and Parmesan ground up, Parmesan and wedges, you know, Swiss and Brie. I mean, all you name it, the cheese was there, you know, Gugusberg. I mean, uh, then all the meats and, and, you know, we used to pick up these little cheeses. It was kind of neat to eat on crackers. I don't even know if they have any anymore. It was a different thing. It was like a raspberry or a strawberry something or another. It was kind of sharp, but it was good. When I walked by that little cooler, it was almost nothing in there. It's not being replenished. Look at the meat aisle at your Walmart. Oh, it looks like there's a lot there, but there's not. The, the, the supply chain is in trouble, and I've been saying this for a long time. And there's another fellow out there that calls himself the Ice Age Farmer. Says the same thing. Has warned the same thing. The supply chain is in trouble. 
from the lockdowns, and now they want to start them again in California, just as an aside. So there's there's coming a time when we they want us to depend on them. When I say them, I mean the government. Do you really want to depend on a government run by Joe Marbles Biden? Think about it. Or Kamala, Kamala Harris. Listen to them talk. Either one of them. He can't make a coherent statement on his own. He can't find what pocket of his coat he keeps his notes in. She talks down to everybody that she talks to. And it's because she's fake. This will probably get taken off the air. Anyway, let's talk about a different reset. Let's talk about your life, my life, and God's holy reset. I mentioned utopia, right? That means they're promising heaven on earth. That's, that's the idea behind the utopian ideal. Heaven on earth. We all know that that can't happen. Not until Christ comes. When he brings his kingdom to earth. Once again. If you want, go to, go to the uh, First John. That's towards the back right before Revelation. First John. Chapter 2, we're going to look at a couple of verses today, and then we're going to wrap. I'm going to do this quickly. It's summer, and there is so much work to do that we, we, aren't, going to, we aren't going to hold you listening for an hour, and I don't have an hour to give today. I mean, I, I got it. I do. I'll, I'll do it in a heartbeat, but you don't have to. I can make this quick and make it understandable and give you something to chew on until the next time we come and talk about some pretty in-depth stuff. I got a yellow legal pad full of junk. This, this t- Today, I just have two verses written down, so we're not going to spend all day here. We're just going to talk about some things really quick. Lee. First John chapter 2, verse 2. Big word in this one, using the King James Version. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Propitiation means uh, uh, expiation or uh, substitution. My mind went blank for a second. I'm getting old. But he's a substitutionary sacrifice for my sins and yours. That's his reset. That's Jesus' reset. What did he say? He is a propitiation for our sins. Not he, John, John didn't say, yours, not mine. I didn't have any. He says, ours. Our sins. And not for ours only. He's talking to believers. You, you, when we read these letters, we have to realize that these gentlemen, these apostles, these disciples of Jesus Christ, were not writing to unbelievers. It is behooved for unbelievers to read these letters, but they were written to believers to fortify them, to uphold them, and to keep them motivated in the faith. Do you get me? 
A lot of that gets lost. Oh, oh, you know, if you're a believer, you don't need this. No, you need it more than anybody. You need to be reminded. We need all, I said you, we all need to be reminded of these things because that's what they were doing here. These were churches sent these letters by John and Peter and Paul and James. They sent these letters out or they wrote them and handed it to them, however, so that those churches could have exhortation and have someone read it to them. This is from our brother John. Now listen closely. And, you know, they'd sit there and read it. It took an hour. It took an hour. They spent time in church. They weren't afraid. Oh, if you go over 40 minutes, man, people are going to start squirming. Well, that's their problem. He is the substitution, let's say, or the propitiation. He is the one who stepped in place of our sins for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You'll have people who say Jesus didn't die for the whole world. He only died for believers or some craziness. That's ultra Calvinistic. And you know, I'm not against Calvin and Calvinistic Calvinism completely, but there's a lot of humanism in it. And there's a lot of un specified or there's a lot of stuff in there that just doesn't really match up when you read the Bible. When you read John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have an eternal life or everlasting life, life everlasting. What does that say? For God so loved the world. He didn't say he just loved the Baptist Methodists and whatnot. He loved the world. He loved everybody in it. God wants all men to come to him, Peter wrote, that all would be redeemed. But yet you'll hear people that will tell you, no, that's not true, that God created some people just so they can go to hell. God doesn't want anybody in hell. Hell was not made for man. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. There are many men who have followed in those footsteps and ended up there. We don't want to be one of them or any of them. I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't care how evil and vile you are. You're not any more evil or vile than I was before I was saved. And even afterwards, I have made plenty of mistakes, done plenty of stupid things, said lots of dumb junk, engaged in things I probably should not have. Yes, being redeemed you are more convicted when you do them, though, than you are when you're not. If you don't feel conviction when you know you've sinned, you have a problem, and you need to go to God to it for it quickly. First John 5, go over to First John 5. So what we see, what I say, the great reset, God's holy reset is this. He sent his son as a propitiation, as a intermediary, as the one who could be sacrificed for all, and it said the whole world. The whole world is not going to accept him, but that doesn't change what the Bible says. First John 5. First John 5, number 4, letter 4. <laughs> Verse 4, sorry. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? 
So let's let that sink for a minute. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Okay, the world wants to go through a, uh, an economic global reset of everything. Reset wealth, reset uh, energy, reset at all. Anything you can think of, we want to reset it. The main thing that needs resetting is us. And we need to reset ourselves with Jesus, with God, with his holy providential word. We need to understand it. We need to read it. We need to get involved in it. We need to quit shining away and picking up other books to read. And there's nothing wrong. Other books are good as long as they're, you know, you can vet them. You know, if you read something and you're reading it and you're saying, oh, man, I don't really, I don't know if I buy this. Get with the word of God and see how it lines up. Now, some stuff in the word is not easy to understand. Leviticus. <laughs> okay. But there's parts of Leviticus that are very necessary. And you have to understand the law to understand Jesus. You know, not not like a, on a doctor's level, but, you know, just understand why the law was there and what it represents. Let's read our verse again. For whosoever, or I'm sorry, for whatsoever, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Back there in verse 3, it says, for, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Isn't that something? His commandments are not grievous. And then, for, for whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. There's your reset, folks. Don't worry about the, I mean, we need to be concerned about the world around us. You know, people say, we don't need to worry about the Russians. We don't need to worry about the world. Not worry, okay? That's a word that we we American English speakers use. It gets used in all kinds of context. The context that I say worry is just, you know, not to sit around fretting and sweating about it, but we need to understand that there's a world around us that is having a lot of problems and issues. There's a world around us that's crashing there's a nation in a, for us of, in North America, United States, that is under a lot of problems, and I don't know that we'll ever come out of it again. There's a lot of talk out there of things that will change this country, but I'm not sure that they would. They may make it worse. But you can reset your life, and that's important. God's holy reset is so important. Go back and read on your own 1 John 2, 2 and, and more and 1 John 5, 
First John 5, 3, 4, 5, 6, and on. It's a lot of good stuff there. Helps us to understand the Lord that we serve and gives us a chance to get ourselves reset in Him. This is Tom Rich on Removing Confusion Podcast, July the 17th, I think it said. <laughs> Have a great day, 16th. Goodbye.